Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch, fastball pulled, and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. We are telling you who to add and drop as we get you ready for Fantasy Week 16, Monday, July 9th. Welcome back from your awesome weekend. It's Fantasy Baseball today. No Heath today, so Chris Towers is filling in. Hello, Heath. Uh, hello, Chris. Rather, you're not Heath. Hello, Chris. So was that was that a legitimate mistake, or yes. were you doing a thing? No, legitimate. Okay, legitimate. I, I love it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I'm great. I had a nice week. I took didn't Friday ask, off. Did not ask. Did not ask at all how you were doing. I thought you did. I don't think so. Did I, I wasn't say? listening. Yeah. Well, thanks, Heath. I'm, Scott, I'm doing a Heath. Yeah. Scott, Roll what's back up? The tape. Hey, Scott's still here. He's normal I, on Mondays. I am here, yes. I am fine. Adam, how are you? How are you? That's what everybody really wants to know. Great. Yeah. Maybe later I'll tell you guys about my smelly car, which is a big mystery in my life right now. But we had a great week. It was my anniversary weekend. First one year, baby. One year in the books. Wow. Yep. One year, baby. Congratulations. One year. Thank you. That's a you big one. Didn't ha- you know who did had a very the, disappointing wait, wait, Did you eat the cake? No. Um. So what happened with the cake? It's, oh, it's so gross. What, what happened with the it's cake? The worst. We had strawberry shortcake at our wedding, and um, our freezer broke like the day before our wedding. And then we went on our honeymoon the day after our wedding. So we never stored, we never got to store our cake. We never got to eat it because it, you know, wow. it went bad and we had to throw it out when we got back from the honeymoon. So did not eat the cake. Who had a bad weekend, yeah, we, Scott? We wanted, we wanted no part of that ourselves. Um, one, one fork each. One fork full. Okay. It's disgusting. Blake Snell had a disappointing weekend, Adam. He did. Is among what I think are five of the more absurd all-star snubs I can remember in recent memory. There are plenty of snubs to go around, but there are five in particular that are just outrageous to me, and he's the leader of that group. All right, we will get to that in a little bit. Let's start with some some uh, fantasy baseball advice. One hitter to add whose name is not Kyle Tucker and one pitcher to add. Chris, why don't you go first? Give me a hitter to add. Yeah, I wrote about two hitters in the waiver wire column that was published on CBSSports.com last night, and one of them I think you should definitely add, and that's Jake Bowers. The numbers don't pop off the page. He did go two for three with a pair of walks yesterday and a home run, uh, but he's yep. only hitting 240. However, he has an 832 OPS despite a 240 average, uh, and that's with a 27.5% line drive rate. And a 46.4% hard hit rate. I think Jake Bowers is better than the numbers have been. And the numbers aren't bad so far. So I, I like Jake Bowers. I like what he's doing. We're seeing some really good signs from him. Okay. Jake Bowers is 38% owned. Would you drop Justin Bohr for Jake Bowers? It depends on the format. I think in a points league, I might. Uh, but in a roto league, Justin Bohr has more over the fence power. All right, Scott, do you have a hitter for us to add? Jake Bowers was for Chris Scott White. Yeah. I mean, Bohr walks a lot, too. I don't know that I'd – I think I'd prefer him in either format. But uh, anyway, my hitter is Josh Reddick, who is coming off a 29-point week where he flashed a little power that we haven't seen all year. Strikeout rate is low as it's been for him the past couple years. He's been starting lefties, righties. It hasn't mattered. 
And the Dod, uh, the Astros have really good matchups this week against the Athletics and Tigers, seven games. So he looks like somebody, even if it's just a one-week thing, maybe pick him up and he has such a good week that you want to keep him around. But Josh Reddick is less than 50% owned. Interesting. I'll call him a hitter to add. Alrighty. Jake Bowers, Josh Reddick. Um, I, I think it's, that he's, he, he's not the most exciting Astros hitter to add, but you didn't let me mention that guy. No, you can't mention Kyle Tucker. He's 80% owned. We're going to talk about him in just a second. <laughs> but actually, it wasn't a, it wasn't a weekend where I was looking at a lot of hitters to add, a lot of pitchers. Yeah. Avi Garcia is still 69% owned and he's hot. He has, he had five home runs last week, still two walks, 34 strikeouts. Problem with Garcia is that he is currently day to day and the White Sox are only playing five games. And a lot of teams are playing eight games this week. So I have Garcia. I dropped uh, Greg Bird for Avi Garcia in a league. but Yeah, I know. But I don't think I'm going to start Garcia this week. I think I'm going to start. I I don't think you can. Just the five games made it tough to do in like a three outfielder league. And this day-to-day injury is hamstring. Yeah, Same thing that kept him out for two months. Yep, and and it was a Sunday injury. So we don't really know. And we're not going to know if he's in the lineup today. So your lineups are going to lock. So. I'm not saying you shouldn't pick up Garcia, but if you do, I don't know that you should plan on starting him. All right, pitchers to add. There were more interesting pitchers this week. One pitcher to add, Scott White. My pitcher to add is Nate Evaldi, who is showing new and exciting signs. He's always had the big fastball, of course, but didn't get much out of it. Yesterday, he had seven one-hit innings with nine strikeouts. That gives him 23 strikeouts to three walks to just 10 hits because this was his second one-hit outing in the last three uh, in 19 innings over the last three starts. 23 strikeouts, three walks, 10 hits in 19 innings. And he's getting swinging strikes too. Those last three starts, the swinging strikes have been up. He has emphasized a pitch that he hasn't really prior to this year, a cutter. Mm -hmm. He's kind of replaced his... Breaking ball is his secondary pitch. He's basically been going fastball cutter. And while the cutter hasn't been getting a lot of swinging strikes itself, it seems to be allowing the fastball, the big fastball to play up because the the difference in velocity between those two is smaller, which seems to be like, it seems to be fooling hitters better. So, I mean, it's obviously a, a small stretch, but it's a small stretch where like everything points to well, um, and being actually this good. So I'm, I'm willing to take a chance on him. We really don't even have to break it down into the smaller sample. If you just look at his season overall, it's one of those ones where K per nine is 8.19, which doesn't look great, but his strikeout percentage is 24.3%, which would be by far career high. His career rate is 17.4%, uh, and his career, his walk rate is less than half of what it usually is. So we are seeing this season, at least, the best version of Nate Ivaldi we've ever seen. Nate Ivaldi is 71% owned, and, and he was, uh, we thought kind of a risky two-star pitcher, but we loved the matchups Marlins and Mets. He took advantage of them, but before that, you know, he had a good start against the Astros. He had a pretty good start, uh, I think it was the Astros. He had a pretty good start against the Yankees, even though the final line wasn't great. Uh, maybe it was a start against the Nationals, not the Astros. But, uh, Ivaldi's at Minnesota this week, and he's 71% owned. And he is Scott's pitcher to add. Would you drop Tanner Roark for Nate Evaldi? Yes. You yes, would. I would. I, Tanner Roark, I, I think is far from undroppable. I'm not saying we've heard the last of him, 
it's kind of like Jake Junis for me. Like I, I think we're going to see a good version of both of those players again, but I don't think the upside is so high that we have to wait around for it. I just got to say, like, Nate Evaldi has not been a good fantasy pitcher basically ever. And one no. thing about him, his BABIP going into Sunday's game was 211, and he's still a ground ball pitcher. So the whip is always high, and right now it's .88. I got to think there's some good batted ball luck here for Nate Oh, there's Evaldi. a ton of batted ball luck right now. He's got a... 198 Babbitt overall, but he's also walked 3% of batters he's faced, which would be the best mark in baseball, uh, if he sustained it. So he's a, he's, he's been lucky, but he's also been good. And you say ground ball pitcher like it's a bad thing. That's no, it's not. It's not like it, it does, it does tend to lead to a high whip if you're not also a bat misser. If he's the bat misser, he's been the last three starts or. Chris was saying the trend's even longer than that. Um, then the ground ball, being a ground ball pitcher is a good thing. Yeah, no, I was just making the point that with the with the Babbitt being so low, 188, I think Chris said, that's a very unusual for a ground sure. ball pitcher. Uh, Chris, do you have a, a pitcher you want to add? Yeah, I'm actually really interested in what Jordan Zimmerman is doing, and that's not just because he had 11 strikeouts in his most recent start, although that certainly helps. Uh He's pulling the old pitcher trick, which is just not really throwing his fastball anymore. He's kind of, he's not quite Patrick Corbin levels, but he's not far off. He's throwing his slider 35% of the time. And Adam, I know it's in the notes. Uh, I saw it before this, so I'm just going to take credit for this quote where he <laughs> said that the, uh, the last few games have been good and I feel good. The slider's the best it's ever been. Fastball has been down a few miles per hour, but I still have other weapons I can go to. Um, he what about is, the other thing he said? I knew you weren't going to care about the other thing he said. It's about feeling good, really. Health is the big thing. When I'm feeling good, I usually pitch mo- like this most of the yes. time, which I, I don't know if that's true. Jordan Zimmerman says he feels healthy, which is kind of like reminding me of Ryan Zimmerman last year. Um, but, no, look, I, I almost spite-dropped Sonny Gray for uh, for Jordan Zimmerman. And, I mean, I don't really want either of them, but... Maybe maybe Zimmerman is worth a look. You know, I certainly don't want Gray, but uh, I, I dropped I, I dropped Gray in a fifteen team league. Yeah, actually, Tout Wars. Uh, yeah. uh yesterday for for a reliever like no. Colin McHugh or or Tyler uh, Kirby Yates or somebody like that. It's just tough with Zimmerman because you know how bad he's been. But but I mean, eleven strikeouts, eight innings against Texas. Previous start was seven innings, one run, six strikeouts. He has. He has just three quality starts this inning, this season rather, but he has a 1.05 whip. So, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. You guys also destroyed my Dave Matthews segment. Is this real or am I dreaming? Real fans just call him Dave. I had Nate Evaldi yeah. and Jordan Zimmerman in there. Alright, wrapping up this discussion here. Would you drop, would you drop Tanner Roark for Jordan Zimmerman in then? Yeah. You yeah, would? I would. Alright. I'm a little less enthused about Zimmerman than Evaldi, but like I'm not, like if you weren't, if you were excited about Zimmerman, go ahead. I I, I don't think Roark's somebody you really have to protect. Let's talk about some some guys who are getting the call. They are. Well, we're moving on They're moving on up to the big leagues. Kyle Tucker, welcome, Kyle Tucker. You're in the big leagues, and you have started each of the last two games. And the Astros intend to play Kyle Tucker in left field or right field every day. He is now 80% owned. He went one for seven. With an RBI, a run scored, a walk, and three strikeouts 
Uh, he is a left in two games. He's a lefty, but Tucker was better against lefties than righties in the minors both last year and this year. So Kyle Tucker's up, Scott. Yeah. You dropped Shohei Otani, the hitter for him. Well, I mean, it, it was on CBS, so if Otani makes it back as a pitcher, he's I dropped him too. That's, that's um, true. Yeah, I am. I I I am excited about the potential here. I think it's the most exciting call up since Juan Soto, and he looks like somebody who could be a five category contributor. Um, was red hot over the past month at AAA. 14 home runs, 14 steals for the season down there. I think the phenotype is is a lot like Will Myers. It wouldn't surprise me if he ended up hitting for a higher average than Myers does. Obviously, it wouldn't surprise me either if he struggles and has to get sent back down in two weeks. But this is a prospect who Baseball America had in its top 20 overall each of the last two seasons. He was a fifth overall pick. And so far, everything has played out for him exactly the way it was supposed to. So it's... It's exciting. I think you have to take a chance on the upside. And we heard Scott talk about Josh Reddick and his great matchups. So Kyle Tucker probably has the same matchups as Josh Reddick, I would think. Probably. Yeah, yeah I think so. One, one would yeah. assume. Yeah, so maybe you could start uh, Kyle Tucker this week. Would you rather have Brandon Nimmo or Kyle Tucker? I'd actually rather have Nimmo still. Yeah, that that's one where, like, even if I might rather have Tucker, it's not one where I can suggest dropping Nimmo for him. Would you the rather thing is, have Tucker's now more owned than Nimmo. So that's like people have been running away from Nimmo. I know he's been cold lately, but he's still the 14th best outfielder in points league since he got the job and I think there's still a lot to like there. Would you rather have Aaron Hicks or Brand- or uh Kyle Tucker? I'll take Tucker. Uh that's a tough one. That's another one where I wouldn't drop Hicks for him. Uh, okay, I got you. Uh, also getting called up, Steven Duggar for the Giants. He's 4% owned. He's an outfielder. He started, he led off yesterday, went 2 for 6 with a double and a run scored. Steven Duggar is 4% owned. Chris Towers, are you interested in Steven Duggar? Eh, I don't know. Maybe, it just, the, the minor league numbers aren't super impressive. The pedigree isn't amazing. Like, he's played 91 games at AAA. He has, Six homers and fourteen steals. That's yeah. not that's not super enticing. It's possible that he outperforms that and maybe taps into a little extra power, although his home park is not the kind of place that you would expect that. So, you know, I look at it and it's like it looks kind of poor man's Dustin Fowler y to me, which Dustin Fowler has hardly been fantasy relevant this season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They did trade Austin Jackson, so it seems like they're giving chance to be their regular everyday leadoff hitter, but yeah, it's just he really has to outperform his minor league numbers to be mixed league relevant. I hope that's how you pronounce it because I want to call him Hacksaw Steven Duggar. And let's talk about Eniel De Los Santos. We need pitching prospects. So uh, I was just reading about the Phillies. I think I was trying to read about Nick Pavetta, and I stumbled upon an article that said the headline was something like Eniel De Los Santos could be could be up soon or whatever. And then the next thing I read was, you have reached your monthly limit on Philly.com. So I couldn't <laughs> read the article. But mm. Eniel De Los Santos is going to be in the Futures game. Is he a pitching prospect we need to know about, Scott White? Uh, I mean, if if he is on the verge of being, if he's like the next man up, then then yeah, he's somebody we need to be aware of. He's not a guy who got a lot of attention coming into the season, but 189 ERA and 16 starts at AAA. 
less than a strikeout per inning. Uh, but it's, uh, I, yeah, he's worth keeping an eye on. Okay. Coming up on today's show, we'll take a look at the most added list. We'll wonder if we're done with not just Tanner Roark, but Cole Hamels, Jay Happ, and Gio Gonzalez. We'll talk about Billy Hamilton and his base stealing. we got some other hitters to know about. Max Kepler's been hitting well. Harrison Bader may be able to help you out in deeper leagues. Dallas Keuchel got 17 ground balls to two fly balls. I believe those are the outs he recorded. Uh, against the White Sox on Sunday. That was encouraging. Uh, Zach Godley had a good start. David Price, Robbie Ray, they were terrible. Uh, Sean Newcomb, we got a lot to get to here. So I had this segment that's pretty much been destroyed. Is this real or am I dreaming? And uh, we've talked about Nate Baldy <laughs> and Jordan that's Zimmerman. Name, Matthews. <laughs> Uh, what about Anibal Sanchez? Is this real or am I dreaming? Anibal Sanchez, uh, has been quite good. He's got a 272 ERA and a 1.04 whip, or 104 whip, and he's got the Diamondbacks this week. Just had a really nice week against the Yankees and, and the Brewers on the road. So is Anibal Sanchez 32% owned? Is this real or am I dreaming? Oh, it's real that he's 32% owned. He's doing I mean, I've just kind of been ignoring it and waiting for him to go away. Well, 32%. But I mean, the numbers aren't terrible. Like, even, I, the numbers are really good, obviously, but the underlying numbers aren't terrible. 272 ERA versus a 388 FIP. Okay. It's probably not going to have a 272 ERA, but a 388 FIP isn't bad. Like, obviously a good offense backing him. Um, well, 32% owned is, is about, that's probably every single NL only league and probably most leagues that use a SPARP. And that's probably the extent of Anibal Sanchez's startiness. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't want to have to trust him, you know. I, right. There's not much exactly. difference between him and Jordan Zimmerman. And, um, and they're not, not much difference in their ownership percentage. Zimmerman 42, Sanchez 32%. Would, would we, yeah. Have I think Zimmerman's showing better signs. Um, okay. but I, I've been using Sanchez as a spark this year. Okay. Um, yeah. and, uh, Ryan Barucki, 8% owned. He's also RP eligible. And he, you know, I, I picked him up after the start against the Tigers, which was seven innings, two runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. And then I, I picked him up, but sat him against the Yankees on Sunday, but that was seven innings, seven hits, one run, two walks, five strikeouts. Now he's at Boston this week. I will once again be sitting Ryan Barucki, but I do still own him, and I now own him in two leagues out of six. And Barucki is 8% owned and RP eligible. Is this real, or am I dreaming about Ryan Barucki? He needs to be more than 8% owned. Um, I don't yeah. think there's a ton of upside, but you know, between AAA and AA in his career, he has a 3.05 ERA with about 112 110 strikeouts in 230 innings. So, like, not a huge strikeout guy, pretty good control, but, you know, it, you're probably looking at, like, best case scenario is, like, the middling Alex Wood seasons. Worst case scenario is what we've seen from Joey Lucchese since, like, his second start. I don't feel like in today's MLB you could be a low strikeout guy and not be exceptional with either controller or ground ball. And be like you have to be Miles Michaelis, I feel like, to succeed with the kind of strikeout rates Barucky had in the minors. Now strikeouts have been okay in the majors so far, but it's three starts. Yeah, so we'll see. All right, 
All right. Well, we got uh, Scott's favorite segment coming up, One Start Streamers. But before that, Scott's favorite ticket app, and that's legit, is the SeatGeek app. And I love the SeatGeek app. It's also my favorite ticket app. I got it on my phone. Or sometimes I go to SeatGeek.com. I was actually looking for tickets uh, just yesterday on SeatGeek. I was talking about going to a football game in October, and uh, it's pretty darn expensive, but I'm I'm going. And I'm going to use SeatGeek to go there. It's Miami, Florida State, man. Like, we don't miss Miami, Florida State. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I unfortunately cannot use the promo code FANTASY on the SeatGeek app because I've already used it. But if you've never used SeatGeek, <laughs> use the code FANTASY to get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And if you have used that code, you're still going to save time and money on the SeatGeek app because SeatGeek goes out and searches multiple ticket sites and finds the best deals. And I want to read an email that we got yesterday from Murray, and he said, uh, the subject was my SeatGeek purchases. And he said, Murray uh, said, I, I want to let you know I live in Saskatoon, Canada. I'm currently on a baseball trip in California. I drove 26 hours starting Friday morning, getting to L.A. the next day, uh, just in time for the Angels Dodgers. I use SeatGeek with the promo code FANTASY, and I got my 20 bucks off. And Murray continued to use SeatGeek for his baseball trip. I thought it was awesome. And Murray, thank you for sharing that. Be like Murray, everybody. Use the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Save some money. Go to games. Go to concerts. Go to theater. Go to comedy. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. One start streamers. Also fully guaranteed to win you a week. Just like Armand Marquez at Seattle last week. Just like Mike Leak the week before at Baltimore. Even though I didn't start him because I thought he was going to be facing the Royals at home instead of at Baltimore. But that's okay. I'm going to consider it two for two with one start streamers. I got two for you. I got Lance Lynn and IRL in real life. I'm starting Lance Lynn this week in the podcast league against the Royals at home. And I got Kyle Gibson against the Rays at home. Lynn is 48% owned and Kyle Gibson is 61% owned. What do you think about my one-star streamers, Scott? (laughs) I don't like one-star streamers, Adam. I I understand why you choose these two. And the thing is I can't even get upset about Kyle Gibson because he's just – He's just been good. He's yeah, he's just good. He's somebody who should be universally owned and treated as any other pitcher who is universally owned. But the Lance Lynn one is basically just well, there's a pitcher going against the Royals. Ding ding ding. Yeah, he did did well against the Royals last time out. I think it's gonna be a win. Royals are just dreadful. Yeah, I, I, I just say, want to know who you're benching for him. We've mentioned a lot of pitchers who I would rather have than Lance Lynn even against the Royals. So who am I benching for him? I dropped Tyson Ross for him. Yeah, and, that's fine. And it's uh, fine to drop Tyson Ross too. Yeah. I am benching. Um, I am going to bench. Well, I have someone. Oh, Zach Godley at Colorado for Lance Lynn. I would rather start Jordan Zimmerman at Tampa Bay. That's totally cool. That's another good one start streamer. I mean, I don't know that I would. Like I don't, I don't know that I co-signed to that. I'm just, I'm just really skeptical of Jordan Zimmerman. Is the thing he is. right? But Lance Lynn, but Lance Lynn's had mostly so quality starts recently. I got another one for you. I got another like a month. I got That's another a one. real low bar. One start streamer. <laughs> this one, this one, another guy I picked up. Uh, and boy, it's just dicey because matchups haven't really mattered for him. Luke Weaver at the White Sox. That is dicey. Quite, That's very dicey. Quite dicey. I would. I'm on board with Kyle Gibson. I understand why you wouldn't want to start Tyson Ross anymore or Godley at Colorado. 
But oh, gosh, I would rather I have. I don't love these moves. I would rather have Luke Weaver than Lance Lynn, even if I'm not starting him. I got to But you, I think I'd rather start him against the White Sox. I have a a dreadful yeah. pitching staff. Oh my goodness, what a bad. You should pitching have invested staff. more in pitching. I did. I traded Jacob Degrom for for uh, Paul Goldschmidt. So now I have a, der- a terrible pitching staff. But anyway, <laughs> plus Zach Godley's been Zach Godley. Um. The big news, the big news, Ryan Braun's on the DL. Let's go through the news now. Jake Junis is on the DL with back tightness. Yasiel Puig likely headed to the DL with an oblique injury, so you are going to see more starts from Jock Peterson, which might not be a good thing because he's so bad against lefties, but he will play more. Uh, Aroldis Chapman is dealing with knee tendonitis. It does not seem to be a huge deal, but he didn't pitch yesterday in, in an extra inning game. So it's, you know, it's a little, little scary. Sonny Gray uh, might be pitching for his spot in the rotation. Which is interesting because Domingo Armon just had a good start. Uh, we will not get Jonathan Loizaga today in the doubleheader. He's got a, sh- a sore shoulder. Luis Sessa will start for the Yankees. Brent Suter is on the DL with left forearm tightness, which can't be bad news for Freddie Peralta. Uh, Joe Panic is on the DL with a groin strain, and Alan Hansen is now going to probably play close to every day. Hansen is 22% owned. A he so Hansen is a switch hitter who is terrible against lefties so far this year. He has a 216 slugging percentage. And he faces four lefties this week, so maybe not this week for Alan Hansen. I think you got to let Alan Hansen go, Adam. Well, it's not working. Look, NL only leagues. A guy who plays every day—that's that's there's yeah. value there. Yeah. Okay, NL only leagues, sure. Uh, big decisions this week. Chris Archer, two starts. Detroit and at Minnesota. We starting him? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and and I am going to start Archer in my daily league tonight, even though he'll be on a pitch count. But he probably only needs 50 pitches to throw a complete game shutout against the trip. <laughs> I actually don't know what his pitch count is, but more than 50, hopefully. Chris yeah. Bryant, are we going to start him this week? No. no. Uh, I think he's still going to be rehabbing most of the week. It's been slow going for him. Yeah, I started him last week. Oops. Tyler Skaggs could start this week against Seattle on Thursday. That'll be a tough call. No. Nah, I guess not. Don't do it. Not if you have to lock your line. Not in a weekly league. Right. Um, James Paxton at Colorado. Start or sit? Start. Yep. Nelson Cruz at Colorado without the DH. Yeah. He, he, I saw that Scott Service said over the weekend it's probably not going to happen that he's going to play outfield during that series. He hasn't played it all season. So uh you're only getting half a week from Cruz. Maybe a couple pinch hit appearances. I'd so, probably sit him. Okay. Not going to play outfield most likely. Joe Musgrove expects to start against Washington tomorrow. Doesn't seem like a great situation. Vince Velasquez will likely start at the Mets on Wednesday. Rich Hill is expected to start tomorrow. And Walker Bueller is expected to start this weekend against the Angels. And Noah Syndergaard has a chance to start against the Nationals this weekend. But we just don't know, so probably want to err on the side of caution there. Other quick news items. Jose Bautista hit his first walk-off home run of his career. That's amazing. That That's amazing. Friday, right? Yeah. It was a grand he, slam. He, you could tell. You could tell after he hit it. Like, he held on to the bat for a little while. He was thinking bat flip, but he thought better of it. He just <laughs> dropped it. <laughs> uh, Look, when you, when you are the author of the greatest bat flip in major yeah, league history. it's true. You kind of can't. Yeah. You can't dilute it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love that bat flip. I it's don't love one, every bat flip, but that with that moment deserved it. It's one of the greatest moments in the last 20 years in baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's – I don't know about that, but it's pretty great. It was a great moment. It really was. Uh, Avi Garcia, I mentioned he has the hamstring tightness. They probably want to sit him. 
five-day week. Yadier Molina's missed two straight games with shoulder soreness, and Tommy Pham has a bone bruise in his foot. Do we know about their status, Molina or Pham? No, I I, we don't. I would definitely err on the side of caution with Pham because he wasn't looking start-worthy of late yeah. anyway. I would sit him. Mike Moustakas has made four appearances at first base, which is interesting because he might get traded. And become maybe like there's rumors that he could be the Yankees' first baseman, but he also gaining first base eligibility would be nice. Also, would be nice if he would start hitting. Uh, that's Mustakas. Yankees, the dream could still come true. Yeah. Mustakas in Yankee Stadium. He'd be the second best first baseman on the team. Pablo Sandoval <laughs> sprained his thumb. He's actually Tyler Wade. Yeah, <laughs> Sandoval's actually been okay from an NL only perspective, but he does have a sprained thumb. And the All Stars were announced, and I gotta be honest, I really did not look. Heavily, but apparently Blake Snell did not make the all-star team. Okay, so. That's amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Blake's arguably the two best pitchers in the American League this year were technically not originally selected for the all-star game because Trevor Bauer is only on the roster replacing Justin Verlander. That's crazy. Oh, really? Oh, really? I didn't notice that the AL had one more name listed there than the NL. But so basically, here, here was I thought were the insane snubs. Um, obviously I didn't count Bauer because we know he's on it. Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, James Paxton, Andrew Benintendi, and Eddie Rosario. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I, it, it well, blows my mind that they're not all stars. Well, now get there to, are plenty get of vote. other snubs we could talk about like Gene Segura, Jed Lowry, Trey Turner, Max Muncie, Jesus Aguilar. But a lot of those a lot guys, of, a lot of those guys are in the final vote. I'm not sure if you're aware of yeah. that. So you get to vote. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Benintendi is Trey Turner, Aguilar are, uh, Muncie is. Yeah. But so none of the pitchers vote. are that like Snell and Morton and Paxton. They are not in the final vote. They'll be, they'll be on. Somebody will get I'm, hurt. They'll get it. Let, let, let's vote. Who are we voting for in the, in the runoff? Um, where's the list? I'm vote, I'm voting for Benintendi and Muncie. I'm gonna vote for Muncie too. I like that he's played a whole bunch of positions. Based uh, on my mentions, Jesus Aguilar is going to win in a runaway, and I'm fine with that. I mean, he has the best OPS in the National League, I think. So like, he's, he's an all-star. He should be an all-star. He probably should have been over Joey Votto. Didn't play out that way. I'm going to vote for Angelton Simmons. I can't believe that. Why am I doing that? Why the hell am I doing that? And Max Muncy. Actually, Max Muncy has a higher OPS than Aguilar. Yeah, uh, so I maybe, think I would depending go depending on the bat threshold there. But I'm, I'm voting for Muncy because he's a huge on-base guy and he's so versatile, and I love him. Yeah, for me it's Muncy and Benintendi, but you know they're they're all they're all all stars in my book. You know, Stanton to me is not an all-star. Benintendi, Rosario, Segura, Simmons, and Stanton are your five in the AL. Benintendi, Rosario, Segura, Simmons, and Stanton. And Brandon Belt also not an all-star. Missed too much time. Aguilar, Belt, Carpenter, Muncie, and Turner. And I'd say Carpenter not an all-star either. Aguilar, Belt, Carpenter, Muncie, and Trey Turner. Yeah, they're not all all-stars, Chris. You're too nice today. You have no, to they're all standards. all-stars. Major standards. They're all every single baseball player. Every single major, <laughs> single major league baseball player is an all-star in my book. How about we look at the uh, the most added players in CBSSports.com leagues? I know that you know Kyle Tucker is on there. I think he's second. So who's first? Let's find out. In three, two, one. Tyler Anderson is first. He's got two starts this week. Kyle Tucker two. Jordan Zimmerman three. Andrew Suarez is now 45% home. Would you rather have Jordan Zimmerman or Andrew Suarez? Jordan Zimmerman. I'd, 
I'd rather have Suarez. Coming straight out of West Philadelphia, born and raised, Will Smith is the number six most added player. He is 28% owned. He might be the Giants' closer, people. Yep. I think he has another save over the weekend. That's three in a row. And they keep using the other relievers. Not at all like closers. So I think I think he is. Chase Anderson is 91% owned. Interesting year for him. What do we think about that ownership percentage? He's at Miami and at Pittsburgh this week. So could be I mean, you like the two-start matchups. Yeah. Um, and I think his velocity has been trending back up recently, um, mm-hmm. closer to where it was a year ago. So that, yeah, his velocity has actually gone up every single month this year. And his one start in July, he averaged 94.1 miles per hour with his fastball, which is pretty much exactly where he was last year. Aaron Sleggers is a two-star pitcher. Do we have any interest in him? He's got a he's got great matchup. Sleggers has the Royals and the Rays this week. Excuse me, who? Sleggers. Aaron Sleggers. Nobody I will. Okay. I feel like did I pronounce it wrong? Uh Elias, Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I didn't. Elias Diaz is on this list, but Francisco Francisco Cervelli is back, so don't want to. Yeah, I think that's Diaz. just he started like fifteen games in a row with Cervelli on the DL. Uh, we got Sabathia, we got Matt Harvey, we got Mike Miner, Derek Rodriguez, Jose Arania. Do you see anybody here with long-term potential? Jose Arania is pretty good, and it's weird, and he's never going to win any games. But he's, like, not a bad pitcher anymore. It's really bizarre. I'm not sure how, how it happened. Was he like one in ten this year or something? He's two and nine. Two and nine. Show some respect. <laughs> uh, but he has a three sixty one FIP and a three eighty three Sierra. He is an above average major league pitcher. It's just given the fact that he doesn't get a ton of strikeouts and he plays for the Marlins, it's hard for him to be fantasy relevant. But he's I think he's pretty good. I think Arena and Derek Rodriguez both are. Yeah. They are kind of like Julio Tehran, except without the name value. Like Julio Tehran's probably overrated, but um, these guys are underrated by comparison. Victor Arano is also on here. He's uh, the Phillies reliever. He's gotten a few saves. He's gotten the last two too. saves for them, and one of them was with Sir Anthony Dominguez pitching the eighth inning. Yeah, yeah, sure was. Now that was with. Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco up in the eighth, so it's possible that that was just a uh, matchups thing, but he could be the closer. Let's transition actually into the bullpen, because I picked up A.J. Minter. I saw A.J. Minter pitch the ninth, and Vizcaino pitched the eighth. It was a 5-1 game at Milwaukee. Uh, but Yeah, but they added three runs in the in the eighth, so it looked like it was going to be a safe situation for Minter. Right, right. Um, and Brian Snitker said he just liked the matchups for Vizcaino more in the eighth. There's a good chance that this guy, you know, would come right back and get the save the next day. Obviously, we didn't, that didn't, there wasn't a chance for that to play out, but Minter's been really good lately. Struck out the side in this one. He seems to like amp it up a little in the ninth inning role. So, uh, uh I think, I think this guy, you know, if, if things go poorly for him, he's still at risk of losing a job. Hasn't happened yet though. There are a lot of players who are like widely available that are getting saves right now. Joe Jimenez, Will Smith, Victor Arano, Justin Anderson got a save on Sunday, but I I feel like Parker's the closer. He had pitched Friday yeah. and Saturday. Yeah, he was unavailable. Uh, Tyler Clippard's twenty six percent owned. 
I guess I can't really say Minter. Um, but all, about 50% owned, we have Hector Rondon. Yeah. He's 48% owned. And he needs to be owned way more than he is. Ken Giles little has, doubt he's the Astros yeah. Ken Giles has one save since June 1st. Um, I think Rondon has seven of the last nine saves, and one of those was Brad Peacock working two innings, so in a blowout. So I think Hector Rondon right now is the closer. Okay. I'd still, you'd still rather have Sir Anthony Dominguez than Arano, I'm guessing? I don't know. He's a better that pitcher. One, that one concerns me the most. Because it looked like Sir Anthony was finally, uh, we don't even care what his last name is, Sir Anthony was <laughs> finally getting the chance to be that, that, uh, traditional closer. And then Arano, you know, obviously he worked the ninth and Dominguez worked the eighth. And uh, the previous most save, recent game. Arano got two saves this weekend. I think the previous one was just like a two inning save. So it wasn't, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez wasn't even in that game. So it's just one outing. Where Arana has been used as a closer. And Dominguez set him up. Okay. Which, I mean, you know, maybe it's just the Phillies. The top yeah, of like the matchups were in the eighth. I, I don't, yeah, that, that's but, what it was. It was Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco. The three and four hitters were up at, uh, I think that's the three and four hitters up at the top of the eighth. So I, that could be why. Okay. They're, 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 Gabe Kapler doesn't really say anything about that. All right, fellas. So, um, I guess let's knock out the hitters real quick. And we got to mention Mark Reynolds. Well, Will Myers had a three homer game, and then he homered again on Sunday. So he had and four home stole runs. two bases on yeah. Sunday. He's he's uh, looking like Will Quite Myers. Quite the right weekend, now. and he's striking out a lot less than past years. Oh, okay, that's good. Will Myers, Jesus Aguilar had a two homer game. Uh, Mark Reynolds, Mark Reynolds had ten RBIs on Saturday. He went five for five with two homers and ten RBIs, and then he pitched on Sunday. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, does anybody want Mark Reynolds? To quote myself in the waiver wire column, it was a remarkable performance, and we have remarked on it. Uh, okay, there. and that's it. That's all. Like he's Ryan Zimmerman's going to start his rehab assignment possibly this week. He's not playing every day while Ryan Zimmerman's out, so there's no reason to think he's going to play every day when Ryan Zimmerman's back. Starley Marte stole three bases on Friday. Billy Hamilton stole five bases in his last two games. He's 57% owned. He now is just two steals behind the MLB leaders, Michael Taylor and Ender Inciarte. So Hamilton, I hope you had him in your lineups this weekend. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Shohei Otani, who's currently a little banged up, he had a pinch hit home run uh, yesterday. Otani stole a base against the Dodgers on Friday, and Mike Sosha was talking about how he's one of the fastest players on the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured if Otani was pitching, there's pretty much no way he was going to steal bases. It'd be way too risky. But if he's not pitching, maybe you, maybe he's a steals threat. I don't know. Uh, he does have elite speed. Yeah. So does Zach Greinke because Zach Greinke's got three steals this year. Stole his third base on Sunday. Which is like it's like the most for a pitcher in a lot of years. I don't <laughs> I don't have the specific answer. Dynamite drop in, Monty. And other hitters. <laughs> Jed Lowry is tearing it up. He's the number five second baseman in fantasy over the last 21 days, which actually surprises me that it's that low. No second base eligible player has hit more home runs in the last 21 days than Jed Lowry. He's got seven tied for the lead. Um, all right, how about these guys? Max Kepler, Steven Piscotty, Daniel Palka, Harrison Bader. All somewhat deep league kind of guys, but Kepler's 31%, Piscotty's 28%, and then Paul is three percent, and he sits sometimes against lefties. And Harrison Bader's thirteen percent. Do you think these any of these guys are under owned? 
Actually, I, we probably do need to talk about Harrison Bader, but less because what it means for Harrison Bader and more what it means for Jose Martinez. Because uh, Jose Martinez is not an everyday player right now. And I think it's because they want to keep Harrison Bader's glove in the lineup. Interesting. I thought yeah, it was coming uh, at the expense of Dexter Fowler. I, I think it's been both, but yeah, he's... uh. Well, Jericho's been the one who's really been stealing time from Jose Martinez because, I mean, yeah, Martinez Car- doesn't play outfield anymore at all. He's just first base, and so Jericho's been in the lineup more, and Carpenter shifted over to first base. That's that's what's happened there. Ah, I see. A lot going on, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. That's interesting. All right, well, I guess we're not that interested in the hitters, but, but again, like Steven Piscotti, I don't know if I mentioned this on the air, he has an 898 OPS in his last 36 games. Yeah, I think it's like 901 since the start of June, if you want to go with a, a more natural cutoff date. He's been good, and this is a guy who, you know, has above average contact abilities and has shown above average power, and those two put together can go a long way in making for an above average fantasy player. And I'm very interested. I think he's under-owned in tw- at 28%. I think he should be owned in a, in all five outfielder leagues. Steven Piscotti. All right, let's talk about stud, the pitchers, the studs being studs. Last 20 minutes will be dedicated to pitchers and hopefully today's matchups and maybe some of your emails. Studs being studs, who really jumps out at you? Dallas Keuchel with a good start against the White Sox. He's had some easy matchups lately, and he's taken advantage of them. Uh, he's got Detroit this week, so that could be good too. Ross Stripling just keeps on crushing it. Uh, he had, you know, he had a bit of a rough stretch. He had a three-start stretch where... He gave up 24 hits and eight runs in 17 innings. Not, you know, not terrible, but it's not great for Stripling. Jake, Probably should have been an all-star. Himself. Yeah, yeah. Jake Arrieta had one of his best starts. He had eight strikeouts at Pittsburgh on Saturday, and that's a team that does not strike out much. Second fewest strikeouts per game in baseball. Jake Arrieta against the Pirates. Carlos Martinez it looks like he's back. Lance McCullers another amazing start. 12 strikeouts, one run in seven innings. Zach Godley was good against the Padres, uh, and he'll be at the Rockies this week. And Michael Fulmer and Freddie Peralta, we can save them, call them part two. But these other guys who are just, you know, highly owned, Keichel, Stripling, Arietta, Carlos Martinez, McCullers, Godley. Scott, who stood out to you from that list? You can nominate more than one. Well, I mean, we talked about how this this was a two-start week for Marietta, I think, right? Um we were saying, you know, if he doesn't come through, then that's probably the time to consider dropping him. Well, he, he came through, and, and I don't think you should drop him. But there wasn't really anything that made me think this was some kind of permanent development for him either. 11 swinging strikes, that's good for what he's been this year, but it's not really that great. And, uh, in this start, he had fewer ground balls than fly balls. So it's not like, like he kind of went away from the heavy ground ball approach to get those extra whiffs, which I don't know is necessarily a good development either. Like, there's still a lot of concerns here for Arietta. 11 swinging strikes according to baseball reference, 13 according to ESPN, and 13 according to the MLB.com article I wrote. Oh, I read. I didn't write it. <laughs> I read it. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm moving Writing in your spare time. Yeah. Moonlight. Yeah, you know it. Uh, Arietta says his delivery is close to where he wants it to be, and he's got a good matchup this week at Baltimore. What do we think about Dallas Keuchel? Uh, with, uh, some, some good starts lately. Five of, four of his last five starts have been very good. But good matchups 
For the really good matchups in all of them, yeah. I don't know what to think of Dallas Keuchel. I'm, he's he's not quite, he, you know, I'm not moving him up in my rankings based on this. He's outside my top 30 starting pitchers, so obviously still must own, but not not who we drafted him to be. Okay, I'm going to read names, and you tell me if you'd rather have them over Dallas Keuchel. Ross Stripling. Yeah. Yes. Jake Arrieta. No. No. Carlos Martinez. Yes. Yes. Lance McCullers. Yep. Yes. Zach Godley. No. Michael Fulmer. No. No. Freddie Peralta. No. No. Do you think now is the time to sell Freddie Peralta or do you buy him? He threw his, his, threw his four seam fastball 82% of the time in this mm-hmm. start against the Braves. So that, that is a big red flag for me. However, the numbers are great so far. I mean, that, that, that's who he is. That's who he was in the minors. It's who he's been in the majors and it's been wildly successful for him. Maybe the, you know, once he starts seeing teams a second time, they'll start to catch up, but like th- this is a successful approach for him and I'm not sure it makes a ton of sense to be, to be so skeptical given, you know, a, a fairly decent track record of good production. Like, I see him as a guy who's two bad starts away from getting dropped. Like, he's still fringy. I want him, obviously, the way he's performed, and I think there's some upside there. But if he gets shellacked two times in a row, he's probably going to drop. So if you could trade him for somebody who's more than that, it's a good time to trade him. But if you're just swapping out another pitcher who could fit that same description, I don't don't know. Just stick with the upside, see where it goes. That's Freddie Peralta. Studs being duds. Dylan Bundy was a dud, and he gets the Yankees this week. He was a dud at Minnesota. Robbie Ray was a dud again, and uh, he's at Atlanta this week. Robbie Ray. David Price. Yeah, I was willing to throw out that Yankees start because he was so good before that, and he's always bad at the Yankees, but he was bad at Kansas City. Ew. Jack Flaherty. Nine was, yeah, he did have nine strikeouts. It's true. I think the Royals are striking out more lately. i got to look into that. Um, well, you know, the, the the Royals are the Yankees of the Midwest, <laughs> yes, of the greater <laughs> Kansas City region. Uh, Jack Flaherty had a bad start, and um, he's been a little rough lately, a little bit, Jack Flaherty. Zach Granke had a bad start, and he's at Atlanta this week. And Sean Newcomb, yeah, terrible start at Milwaukee. For start, two, two terrible starts in a row. We thought Anibal Sanchez was going to struggle at the Yankees and at the Brewers. He didn't, but Sean Newcomb sure did. Uh, who are you really worried about? Dylan Bundy, Robbie Ray, David Price, Jack Flaherty, Zach Ranke, Sean Newcomb. I'm worried about Sean Newcomb. I think he may not be that good. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's a hot take. It's pretty but, hot. Um, um, no, I, there were some concerning signs leading up to this. He had kind of stopped featuring his curveball. The swinging strikes had gone away. The walks have been high all year, obviously, really high the last two starts. And it, like, watching those games, he, like, was just all over the place. Clearly wasn't right. But at the same time, um, he was due some correction also, I think. He just, his overall numbers look kind of like last year's. And he wasn't that good last year. And, you know, we thought that he was making some changes early on, but, I think he's probably a, a high threes to low fours ERA guy right now. Sean Newcomb. All right. Anyone else we're worried about here? The one who like worries me the most in terms of 
he may be nowhere close to what people were ranking him as. Robbie Ray, Robbie, Robbie Ray, Ray, Robbie Ray. There he is. Yep. 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 yep I yep. mean, the walks, the home runs, they're both such big issues for him. Health, velocity's been da- very inconsistent this year. Uh, Start him this like, week, Robbie if, Ray at Atlanta? If you're not. No. Probably yeah, not. No. Start David Price Robbie against needs- Toronto? Yeah, we'll probably do that. All right. Let me read you some names. Tell me if you're ready to drop these guys. If I can find it. Oh, yeah. Tanner Roark. Yeah, okay, we already talked about him. But he is at the Mets this week, but it hasn't really mattered. He's just been terrible lately. Uh Cole Hamels. Would you drop him? Uh, uh, sure. Not as droppable as Roark, but I, I don't think he's out of the realm of possibility. FIP is really high. His like his ERA has obviously been bad recently, but the FIP has risen along with it. It's still like a run higher than the ERA. It's over five, and it's not gonna it's not gonna get better in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and same thing with the next guy, Jay Happ. One of those guys will probably be on the Yankees. Like I can't start Jay Happ at Boston. His ERA is over four now. Yeah, four forty four. Him and. him and Tyson Ross, like the swinging strikes were really high early on. We got excited. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's better than we've ever seen this guy. And then it kind of went the same way for both. First, the swinging strikes disappeared. And then very recently here, the ERAs have blown up. So I don't think that's unrelated. No, I think the thing with, with Hap though is that he's been pretty good the last two seasons. You know? It's been okay. I, I still think he's okay, but he looked like he was, you know, in the Cy Young discussion. I'm not, I'm not dropping there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not dropping him. Uh, I, I like him more than Rourke or Hamels. Um, but he's not an ace either. I and mean, nobody drafted him to be an ace. Jay, mm-hmm. Jay Happ. I don't think we're starting him at Boston this week. Gio Gonzalez. Uh, let's see. First 12 starts, 227 ERA. Last six starts, eight fourteen ERA, nineteen walks, eighteen strikeouts in twenty-four to third, three seventy-two Babbitt. Gio Gonzalez, is he droppable? And when I say droppable, I mean it, it just there's a two star pitcher you like on waivers, or Kyle Tucker happens to be there, or you know, somebody you're excited about. Is Gio Gonzalez someone you're not gonna miss? I think I like Gio more than Roark or Hamels, less than half. That sounds right. Yeah, okay. I I probably want to drop Geo. Let's see who you guys want to pick up from the fringes. Fringes part part one, sixty five to seventy nine percent owned. Andrew Heaney, looking pretty oh, damn yeah. good. I, I I don't know why he's not universally owned. He's just good. Yeah, he yeah, is. I, I don't get it. Uh, Nick Pavetta back, back seven inning, ten strikeout efforts. Nick Pavetta, seventy nine percent owned. Was this like a rain out starter? No. He just—he was just bad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I I saw something with him. I, he's using his fastball a lot more lately, and that is to me a bad sign because as fast as that ball is, he still needs secondary pitches, and that was what he was doing early on in the season was relying more on that slider and cut curveball combination. I think he probably needs to get back to that. I'd rather have him than Roark. An upside yeah. higher. Sure, a hundred percent. But we'd rather have Heaney than Pavetta. So the problem yeah. is, like Pavetta is facing the Mets this week. It, God, they're so bad. But when a guy's going to go out and poorly, strike out thirteen, yeah. But when a guy's <laughs> pitching that poorly, it's hard. And he'll feel dumb. 
But you're still going to sit him. Uh, Luis Castillo, Junior Guerra, Domingo Herman. Luis Castillo, Junior Guerra, Domingo Herman. You want these guys? Definitely Herman. I mean, this is what, four out of six starts that were just brilliant? Yeah. Brilliant. But he's Pavetta-like because he has some terrible ones. Yeah, he he's is. at Cleveland But this I, week. I think the skill set's even better than Pavetta personally. And, like, Loisica's shoulder injury gives him some job security. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, Castillo and Guerra? I'm still holding on to Castillo. Yeah, I, I guess so. Like, I, I think he's still going to be good someday. I'm just getting tired of... I mean, he, he has more upside than, he has more upside than anybody we've mentioned here. Does he have more that's, than Heaney? Yeah, he does. True. He does. He's yeah. also the least usable of any of them. Right now, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he might be more usable Castillo than Tyson Ross, who I, I dropped. Yes. Um, Kevin Gosman is whatever. I dropped him as well in a league. Steven Matz. I'm kind of interested in Matz. I know the swinging strikes aren't great and the strikeouts aren't great. So it's probably fool's gold, but I don't know. He's got the red, the Redskins. He's got the Nationals this week. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Matz. Yeah. I feel like he's had some good home run luck. Helped keep the ERA down. All right. So hmm. it looks like uh, Heaney would be number one with a bullet. Herman, Castillo, if you want to stash. The other guys are, are streamable. Matt's does appear to be using a slider lately. That's I hadn't nice. noticed that. It's not the old slider. It's not slider the old slider from the older days. Well, it's, it's 88 miles per hour, which is, yeah, that's about what it was before. Is it getting the whiffs, though? I don't know. All right, more, 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 more fringies. Kyle Gibson, Jake Odorizzi, Mike Montgomery, Joey Lucchese. Gibson, Odorizzi, Montgomery, Lucchese. I think after Heaney, Gibson's second of all these pitchers. Oh, okay. Fringies part three, 30 to 49% owned. Clayton Richard, looks like he's been bad. Odd thing for Richard, each of his last six starts have been on the road. He will come back home this week to face the Cubs. Wade LeBlanc, yeah, you don't want him. He's at Colorado this week. Nick Kingham had a nice start. He's got Milwaukee uh, this week. Jeff Samarja, I guess encouraging considering how bad he had been. Five innings, three runs on seven hits, three strikeouts. But, you know, Samarja's 44% owned. He's got Oakland this week. Matt Harvey, Tyler Malley is pitching pretty well lately. Derek Rodriguez, Lance Lynn. Uh, Richard, LeBlanc, Kingham, Samarja, Harvey, Malley, Derek Rodriguez, Lance Lynn. Did I say anyone's name at... Jumps off the page. Malley's been so good lately. And probably deserves to be the most owned of this group. And he's tied for most owned. Well, no, Lance Lynn's most owned. He deserves to be more owned than Lance Lynn. I still have concerns about him making it that third time through the order since he's so fastball heavy. And the numbers, I mean, bear, bear out that he struggles the third time through. But he, he did it successfully over the weekend. Tyler Malley is, he is not even the most owned Cincinnati Red on this list. Matt Harvey. Yeah. Oh, that's stupid. Who like, and, <laughs> and like, stupid. Matt Harvey, <laughs> Matt Harvey looks fine now. Like he, he looks like he's not the worst pitcher in baseball. Yeah. But he also doesn't look more, much more than an average pitcher and there's really no reason for him to be 48% owned. So would you rather take a shot on Malley or Samarja? <sighs> Smarge has been so awful. I, I've been dropping him, and I drafted him in a lot of places. I just don't think he's healthy. 
Uh, this was his first start off the DL. Maybe it's like you need someone now, you go Malley, even though he has the Indians this week. And you need someone to stash, you go Samarja. But Malley, last seven starts, he has a 204 ERA, but as we kind of alluded to, he has only three quality starts in those seven starts. Mm-hmm. In deeper leagues, Dan Straley, Brad Keller, Armand Marquez, John Gant, Mike Fires, Bartolo Colon, Ryan Barucki, Felix Pena. Uh, Barucki might, might be the best, but, um, I'll say, like, Marquez really might be worth stashing just to start him on the road. Cause he's so yeah, he, good on the road. Yeah, another great start at Seattle over the weekend and his ERA is like 250 on the road. Yeah. Versus like eight at home or something. Like 793 at home, it's, 262 on the road for Armand Marquez. I just always worry, like, I feel like he has to be, he has to accept being eight ERA guy at home or whatever it is. He has to accept being that bad at home and saying, this is just how my stuff plays here. If he starts tweaking things, then it's going to carry over to the road. Like, I, I just feel like it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing to sustain. Um, for somebody who wants to be good, obviously. Sure. Like if he starts changing things, it's going to translate to the road and potentially mess him up there. So it's, it's, I have a difficult time trusting it, even though I see at base value how there's value to that approach. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Marquez is at home against the Diamondbacks this week. And then, you know, I didn't really go any further into the future because all-star break that reset the rotation. You, you never know. Let's yeah. take a look at today's games. Sabathia at Yakabonis, bag of donuts. <laughs> Excuse the me? Orioles. Yes. Yeah, the I'll Orioles. go Sabathia there. I like that. Not Yak, not Jimmy Yakabonis. Pretty cool name. Uh, Zach Eflin at Zach Wheeler. Zach Attack. Oh. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, both I think both are doing very interesting things lately. We've got Jeffrey Rodriguez at Ivan Nova. No, thank you, sir. Double header Palooza this week. Francisco yep. Liriano at Chris Archer. We'll start Archer. Mike Miner at, well, will we start Liriano? I should probably ask. No. Mike Miner at Eduardo Rodriguez. I will start Rodriguez. Yeah. Chase Anderson at Jose Urania. I'll start Anderson. Yep. Anthony DiScafani at Mike Clevenger. I will start Clevenger and I want to see how DiScafani goes. Luis Sessa at Jeffrey Ramirez. No, thank you, sir. No. <sighs> wow. Uh, Aaron Nola at Chris Oswalt? Oswalt? Corey. Corey. Oswalt. Corey. Uh, Roy <laughs> Oswalt. Definitely Nola. Aaron Nola Cor- at Roy, Roy Oswalt. Oswalt. <laughs> All right, start Nola. Danny Duffy at Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios. Although he's kind of struggling lately, isn't he? I thought he got back yeah, a he little is. bit. But we he's don't Jose care. Rios, come on. Yeah, he's, he's an all-star. He's good. Legitimately. I don't know if he's he he not really all-star. struggling. We don't care about. He had heat exhaustion at the Cubs. He should be an all-star. Oh, Blake Snell's not an all-star, sir. He shouldn't be over Blake Snell, but that doesn't Hello. mean he shouldn't be. We got Danny Duffy. Look, Joe Jimenez is an all-star. Uh, and obviously the Tigers loan representative, but you could do better for the Tigers loan representative. Get who's Snell who's the there. Royals representative? The Royals representative is Salvador Perez. <laughs> Which is another one people are complaining about because his OBP is like 250. Yeah, shouldn't like Whit Merrifield be it? Yeah, W hit Merrifield. Frankie Montas, Dude. Garrett Cole. Um, just Cole. Cole's obviously Cole. good. Just Kershaw, no Perdomo, and how about Kyle Hendricks at Andrew Suarez? 
I'm fine with both of them. Hendrix okay. has actually been the worst of the two lately, but I'm fine with that. And and by the way, we got sidetracked talking about Rios, but I would start Danny Duffy against the Twins. Oh, okay. There you go. And that's it for today's show. Thank you very very much for listening, everybody. For Scott White, for Chris Towers, I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you on Tuesday on Team Name Tuesday. Tuesday.